1: Welcome to Inspiring Progressive Business, a podcast series for SMEs. Join us for insights from inspirational business leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts on key topics of importance to your business. Hello, and welcome to Real Talk Across the Region. What's next for businesses in the Americas? I'm your host, Sarah Stockdale. I'm the founder and CEO of GrowClass and the host of the podcast, The Growth Effect. I'm joined today by some incredible business leaders. Suri Chawla, Ashley Freeborn, Hemi Garcia-Palayo. Welcome. I think we can all agree that it's been a year. Uh, So I'm going to be asking our incredible panelists to take a look back at the last 12 months and reflect on some of the challenges and opportunities they've faced and what the future holds for small and medium businesses across the Americas. We'll discuss the unexpected effects of the pandemic, like the rise in soft pants and pivoting to hand sanitizer and the boom in e-commerce. I want to get started with some quick introductions. Please briefly describe yourself and your business and let's get started with you, Ashley.
0: Hi, yes, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Ashley Freeborn, co-founder and CEO of Smash & Tess. We are a um, direct-to-consumer apparel brand focused on uplifting women. We to like to say we're pioneering the romper revolution, so saying goodbye to waistband, saying hello to feeling beautiful and comfortable in your own skin, and trying to really disrupt a typically elitist fashion industry That tends to make you feel really badly about yourself and instead making women feel very beautiful, confident and comfortable at the same time. It's been a a wild ride of five years of rapid growth and actually we're poised pretty well for, for the trials and tribulations of 2020. So really excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Amazing. And I'd love to go to you now, Siri.
2: Hi, guys. Hi, my name is Siri Chava. Thank you for inviting me. I run a company called Digital On Us. Okay, let me let me take it back. I, I was running till about a week and a half ago. We, we were acquired about a week and a half ago by a large global company. I did start in 2015. The company is called Digital On Us, uh, based here in San Jose, California. Uh, we are an IT services company based, focusing on cloud, multi-cloud services for our key customers. We serve large, large enterprise customers, also some of the startup communities, our companies in the Bay Area as well but uh, we started in 2015. The differentiating factor for us, uh, other than this cloud, is also the uh, nearshore nature of our business. So a bulk of our team, even though we headquarters in US, our team is predominantly based in Mexico. We have three different offices in Mexico, uh, Guadalajara, uh, Monterey, and uh, Saltillo. And then you kind of double down the nearshore strategy. We started building a team in Canada. So we have a sizable team in Canada. So it's a very near shore centric IT services company
1: Incredible, and congratulations on the acquisition. Thank you. All right, Amy, over to you.
3: Okay, I'm Jaime Garcia Pelayo. Welcome to Mexico. I'm a happy husband and father of seven kids. It's a lot, right? So i found the, the founder of PoxMx. We founded PoxMx in 1991. And as a core business at the beginning, we manufacture epoxy systems for different kinds of different industries such as uh, inks, uh, composites, uh, coatings, heavy duty, and other other fields. We we started manufacturing at the beginning, just uh, systems, and then we became the major manufacturer in Mexico for epoxy hardeners. And then we start to manufacture polyurethanes, acrylics, different kind of resins, and then we create the company, the the company sister company, Alken, which is a manufacturing end systems for end users. And then during this the last year, because of the pandemic, we started to manufacture hand sanitizers, cleaners, sanitizers, aerosol, sanitizers, all involved in that kind of uh, industry to, to be able to adapt about uh, the situation for the COVID.
1: Incredible. Oh, we have to get back to that, the the seven kids part in a moment. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need to ask some questions. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so... You and your companies have been through a lot in the past year, and I kind of want to get back to the early days of the pandemic. Like Tom Hanks has recently been diagnosed, the MBA has shut down, and you're starting to see that things are going to need to change for your businesses. Ashley, I want to start with you. What was going through your mind in those first, say in that first month when we started to see the effects of the pandemic?
0: Well, I don't do well with the unknown, so uh, I think when when the pandemic really started to hit, I think I reacted like many, you know, mid middle small middle business owners, which was how is this how is this going to impact the business, and I immediately was thinking like please, I hope I don't have to lay anybody off. And, and also if we shut down, if we lock down in Vancouver, BC, where we produce and distribute our clothing, what is that going to mean for me? So I, I will admit that I was very worried, but it was interesting because it was almost like towards the end of March and we started to feel this, I felt like there's a bit of a contraction and all of a sudden, April, it just exploded because I think everyone was stuck at home. I am so guilty of this. I started looking around my house, being like, "What do I? What can I buy to make myself feel better?" And I'm looking at like the roughly painted wall or like the, the old comforter, being like, "I need a new one of those." Um, and so, actually, what we saw was in incredible and rapid growth overnight in April. So we. We were able to see 147% year over year growth for April alone. We were already deeply invested in our online channels and we make extremely comfortable clothes. So um, not only did we have the right channel but we also had the right product and we weren't scrambling. We already had this infrastructure in place to deliver where we were really worried was in the wholesale market. Obviously we're in about 300 stores plus in Canada And a lot of those stores were closing their doors really sad. And we were trying to think like, how do we support these these retailers, our partners? And what we found was so many of these boutiques, so much of their magic was in their brick and mortar. And so they were scrambling to put in place an online channel to continue to create revenue for themselves. So we were able, luckily, to offer drop shipping for a lot of our partners. So um, we already had that infrastructure. So working with them to come up with a way to help generate revenue. For them. And, you know, I, I'm happy to say that Smash and Test was such a great revenue generator. For all of our partners because everyone wanted the rompers and actually our biggest problem was figuring out how do we create more quickly because the demand was so huge all of a sudden and of course we were we felt a small delay in, uh, in our um, fabric supplying from overseas so there was a bit of a hiccup there but luckily we were able to be really resourceful and we learned to diversify and uh, get our fabric from all kinds of different um, places we became really great creative problem solvers, to be honest. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it continues to unfold.
1: That's such a huge piece of this, is that creative problem solving and and adapting very quickly to a lot of unknown circumstances. Uh, I want to go to you, Siri. Um, You have a workforce across Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. Take us into your thinking in those first couple of days. What were you worried about? What were you focused on?
2: The initial reaction, right? I thought, hey, this is like SARS. So this one or two week gig is gonna go away, right? And I didn't realize it's gonna be such an impactful thing. But it slowly dawned in. And then I think suddenly started, a lot of companies started calling us. So there was a time period of almost for sort a of month, month and a half. Every time I got an email or call from CFO from a company, I knew bad news was coming. And like Ashley, I was also very worried about, you know, I had close to maybe 350 people in the company. And last thing I want to do is, you know, say, you know what, lay off, lay off anybody. And I was kind of keeping my fingers crossed. Good news is while, while this was happening, there are some other customers who actually said, you know what, actually we're seeing, experiencing growth, right? If you have any people who love to take you. So we had a large grocery chain as a customer and they are seeing a, beam because of, a boom because of pandemic. And they came back to us and said, sorry, if you have anybody who has been laid off and done anything, talk to us, we have, we have a spot for them. And that was kind of God sent for us on the other side So we had. Impact, and there was a worry and we did take a hit. So what I did was uh, two things I did. Uh, I promised the team I will not lay off anybody, I'll, I, right? I, I promised till the last day and we did not lay off anybody. Second thing we did was gave everybody a raise just to calm everybody down, right? That nothing is gonna happen. And third thing, because uh, all the good karma, I think came back, some of the customers came back. I think it took us good as three or four months where we started things turn around.
1: That's an incredibly stressful period of time to also be then prioritizing paying and, and giving raises to your employees, which I think is is quite impressive that you had that amount of faith that your business would come back, that you were able to do
0: that for your employees.
1: All right, Amy, I know you had to make some pretty tough decisions with employees' salaries and pivoting your product lines to keep revenue up in those early days. Can you kind of take us right. into those decisions and what some of those things? Yeah, you did
3: let me tell you. So At later. the beginning of, of the two thousand twenty twenty, the first quarter, January, February, and March, we was growing sixteen percent. So when it arrived uh, April, our sales starts to decrease. We were selling fifty percent that we used to sell. So it was a shock. But our first concern was the people, our collaborators, because we have hundred sixty five people in Mexican Republic. We have warehouses and sales office in Monterrey, Guadalajara, El Bajio, and Mexico City. So to, to, to be able to don't fire any people, we need to decide two options. The first one is we need to say bye-bye to 50% of the people, not because it's bad people, because of the situation, right? Or we need to make a, so, so, something with the salaries. So we propose I propose to the workers, give the 100% salary because they have low salaries. In the, In the middle people, they they accept to, to work for the 80% of the salaries, the medium for the 70% of the salaries, at the top people, 50% of the salaries. And then we start to look in for, for what the market needs right now. What the market needs, hand sanitizers, gel, uh, uh, clean, uh, uh, surface clean sanitizers, aerosol sanitizers. So we are so flexible. So we start to manufacture the sanitizers at the beginning. was a boom? So from the 40% of the sales in, in April, then May. 55, and we, we was growing, 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 growing. And then we became to start mm-hmm. in e-commerce because our natural market used to be industrial. Industrial, big quantities. No one is buying through internet, through, okay. through e-commerce because it was big amounts. So we started to, to manufacture products and packaging for the end users to be able to grow in that field. And then we always start developing new products. We have a, a big team to research and development. Wow.
1: That's really impressive. And from the the kind of shrinkage in the salaries to now, what has changed? Like, have you been able to bring back?
3: Right now, most of the people are in the 100% of salaries. And the top-level people, and medium, they are uh, receiving 80%. The 70% of the people, they are receiving the 100% of the salary. Plus the bonus in the the, the month is we get the goals.
1: So even, even though, you know, Mexico is still not doing well, you've been able to bring back a lot of the salaries for your employees and pivoted into this extremely necessary product line in the middle of all of this chaos. That's impressive. And Ashley, I want to come back to you and ask you about mental health and the prioritization of your team during this pandemic. How is, how did you as a leader, uh, lead your team through this this period of time where there's a lot of uncertainty and fear.
0: I think it's draining on all of us. And I, and I actually think that, you know, in the beginning, it was sort of a, such a shock to all of us that we were like, okay, well, we can do anything for a certain amount of time. Now, I think we're all in a different stage where it's been a real grind and it it has very real impact on people. You know, I have lots of people on my team that have not seen their family at all in over a year. You know, I have people on our team that thrive in group environments and they're now stuck in front of a computer all day. I'm one of them. But I think sometimes you have to stop and think about where everyone's head's at and what can we do to surprise and delight our team, whether it's sending everyone, you know, like dinner on me, DoorDash, if it's finding opportunities to just stop everything we're doing and do something online where we're having some kind of a learning together. But it's hard. And I think putting people first has been the most important thing and really having that empathy um, and realizing that we're all showing up and doing the absolute best that we can in a very difficult and unprecedented situation. So just being really cognizant of that and giving everyone a little more space, a little more time, a little extra love, you know, whatever, in whatever form that can take. Now it's a a longer term grind that um, we have to remember that we're all facing and also giving ourselves a little bit of space and time ourselves as leaders, giving ourselves a break sometimes, um, because it's hard, because it means being strong in situations where everyone else might be really scared. And so that and that also carries a burden on the leader. You know, it's, it's a lot of energy that you're putting forward, trying to make up for this sort of drain that we're all feeling.
1: Sounds like you're being incredibly thoughtful um, and putting yourself in the shoes of the people who are on your team and making sure that you're thinking through their needs. Suri, I know the connection is something that's really important to you, to your team. Can you take me through how you've been thinking about maintaining that connection to your team when you have to be remote?
2: I'm a runner. Uh, I, I do a lot of half marathons. I created this kind of group called Strava Group. And invited of people saying, let's, let's kind of pull in, let's run together. Let's track each other. Let's let's kind of egg each other on. So that, that created a lot of we created creative teams so We kind of started competing. So we ran on our own in our own cities and our own backyards, wherever we were. But we kind of logged in and, and we kind of did a contest which went a long way. It does of bring in that group together. Similarly, we did a gaming thing. Uh, then we started uh, doing those kind of happy hours so every Friday at the 3 p.m. 4 p.m. Everybody got the beer or tequila where they were on it, and we chatted. Right? We had the session on a regular basis. Be- belongingness was key, and pandemic kind of brought everybody home. Everybody's working longer hours because the commute time went away. Right? You're no longer kind of chit chatting. You're on the computer all the time. So the customers are happy. People are happy. More work is getting done, but people are also getting burnt out. They said, "It's S30, I started at 7 a.m." It's like 7 a.m. still on my desk, I'm not even gonna know. He said you got to shut your computer down at a certain time, you gotta leave the table. So those kind of changes uh, were important. We made sure that happened.
1: Jaime, I want to ask you, you mentioned at the top of this call that you are a father of seven. And I yeah. know that the impact to your business at the same time was, was quite stark. So I wanna know, you know, how are you balancing pivoting your team? figuring out the salary pieces, but also being a dad to, to seven incredible children?
3: <laughs> Sometimes it's noisy. <laughs> I, I have two, two passions, two loves. My first love is my family. My second love is my, is my business. Mm-hmm. It's like a son too. And of course, our people, because I want to mention something about our priority in the company is the people, the colleagues. Yeah. Because you are, became big and important because of your collaborators, right? Without your collaborators, you are nothing. So at the beginning with the pandemics, we helped the people to get hand sanitizers, to help, help get the, the face masks. We, we help even his families because some people, they don't have jobs, the families. So we, we give the product we are manufacturing at the prices we, were, we was giving to the big stores to be able to sell something and get money for, for, for me, right? Since the beginning, since April, we bought vitamin D, vitamin C, and vitamin C to give everybody to the collaborators here, to his families to help they increase the immune system. Unfortunately, we just have, for 165 people working with us, We, we, we what people sick was less than 15 with coronavirus, fortunately. And I want to believe that because we give that vitamins to increase the immune system. And then... Some people told me, Jaime, hey, don't, please don't come here. You, you are the, the, the president. You, you are you, giving the rules. You became sick. Uh, and they say, you are 57. You are in the age. You can die. Come not <laughs> Say, so, you know, I cannot be in my home asking to my people to stay in the company. So I, I was coming every day here. But I always try to, yeah, I don't have something important. At 5.30, I always go to my home to play with my kids and, and, and spend time with my kids on the weekends. I never fly making business trips on the weekends because even last week, last year, I had to travel to the States. The first, I I remember in April, in April, I keep all my travels. Then in in May, I should go to the States to sign a contract, say, oh my God, I need to travel. Okay, I I went to that trip. I was like a diving guy with a big mask here with the plastic, the, 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 the face mask and all the sanitizers. The people watching me, because I are right to the seat of the... I cleaning with the chlorine. Cleaning with my hands and everywhere. And all the things like this, right? So it looks like I wasn't a diving guy in the plane. <laughs> it was funny. Oh,
1: my God. I, I want photo. I, I want never, to see that. That sounds incredible. Yes. I'm so but glad I that never, you're safe after that experience, though.
3: Yeah, but I, I never travel on weekends because I want to spend time with family. And i capable, if there's something important with my kids or my family, I can cancel almost whatever to stay with my family. Because I start so young having kids. At the beginning, I don't have time to spend time with my kids even I wanted because I was employed. So I had to stay in the company, right? And I lose a lot of important things. My youngest boy is four years old. And right now I cannot skip anything important because I enjoy even when he's learning new words and he's, if he can jump higher, I enjoy I, I enjoy everything. Looks like it's my first kid. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's incredible. That's it's it's really admirable that you were in your workplace with your employees, making sure that they saw you every day, that they had that leadership, but then you were still home by 5 30 to, to hang out with your family and be there. I
3: try. So of course last year, <laughs> last year sometimes I arrived home at until 10 because a lot of work to do, a lot to planning, be aggressive, be behind all the customers. Uh, trying to produce more, more, more cheaper? No, 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 cheaper. With a lower cost, with the same quality, improve the, the, yeah. the production manufacturing line, semi uh, semi automatic side, uh, the manufacturing to to be able to manufacture more cheap because we are our competitors are global companies. We are competing yeah. with the big monsters. That's increase. That's. That's interesting. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. So yeah, dealing with huge competitors, having and right. having time for your family, and then also pivoting and keeping everyone safe during the pandemic. But you were able to grow. And, and actually, all three of you were able to, to grow your businesses during this time. Actually, like 100% year over year, growth for Smash & Tess, 90% direct to consumer, like those numbers are incredibly impressive and I want to hear a little bit about, you know, what changes are you anticipating that the retail industry, you know, face during this time that are going to stick moving forward?
0: Well, online shopping, uh, for one, and I think that everybody who, I think everyone, you know, who was afraid to shop online has now been shown, like, they can do it. I mean, I look at, you know, and in fact, in lots of ways, it's more efficient, you know, as we've worn, even as a woman, as a mom during the pandemic, worn about a million different hats, and so to be able to just, like, buy everything online at the click of a button works for my lifestyle, because... A, I don't want to bring my kids through a store right now with the pandemic, B, who wants to shop with their kids anyway, it's always a nightmare, <laughs> um, and like, I just don't have time in my calendar, so um, I think that online shopping will be huge. I think everyone is taking a look and saying, "Do what, what kind of brick-and-mortar strategy do I need? I think people are, um, you know, maybe it's more of a bigger flagship and more experiential spaces because that's what people are missing during the pandemic is those experiences, but rethinking those really large retail spaces and how they structure that. And then finally too, I think what we've all determined over the last year, we've really been um, called to do a lot of self-reflection and we've seen you know, the George Floyd protests and i think that a lot of brands are now being asked to kind of be transparent and be authentic and be vocal about their about their values and where they stand and so i think consumer behavior obviously we always did shop with our hearts but even more so i think if if you're wanting to attract customers they have to really believe in your story and what you stand for and they want to know You know, are you putting your money where your mouth is? And do we align? And who's behind this brand? And what do they think? And do you know? Do we have these things in common? So not only I think is is e-commerce and tech going to be at the forefront, but it's also about just changing consumer behavior and and more and more people looking to really believe in the brands that they choose to spend their money with. So hopefully that's a little more long lasting because I think it's kind of shaken up some of these huge retail giants you know that have been taking a massive hit over the last year it's kind of leveled the playing field in a lot of ways and, and the little guys are kind of coming up, being like hey I you know I can also help you and this is how and with very limited overhead like here's my great website here's the an amazing customer experience um so in a lot of ways it has leveled the playing field so exciting to see kind of what will come from here yeah
1: Absolutely, and I, I wanna ask a similar question to you, Suri, so social and environmental issues have become even more magnified during this past year. What would you say is a key opportunity for your business to, to kind of reflect that and move forward into 2021?
2: So, so two things happened, like uh, one, I think you heard Jaime, right? The travel was down. Yeah. Uh, I think that, what we're realize is, you know what, you don't need to travel at the drop of a hat to meet customers, right? Everything could happen with Zooms. We were winning customers over Zoom calls, over meetings without meeting the person in face. So that's a big change in mindset. What it did indirectly, the cost went down for us to win a deal where somebody had to go travel to, let's say from here to New York 10 times, it had all happened Zoom. So it cost went down as one positive. Second thing, alluding to what uh, lady just said, basically with this whole pandemic, people are shopping online. So this whole thing called digital transformation journey, that accelerated in every company. So a lot of money started flowing into the digital transformation, everything online. Mm-hmm. Let's put up a storefront, let's sell more stuff. So I'll give you an example. We have a large grocery chain as the customer, one of the largest one in US. They're selling stuff and grocery chain, people to go again, but with this whole effort from Amazon and some of the Walmarts who are doing stuff on, on, online, they suddenly started pumping more money. Hey, you know what? We need more people. We need to put this app in. Let's get this stuff online. Let's get sell this online. And suddenly a team from let's say 10, 20 people tripled to like 70, 80 people in, in less than a year, right? So that, that is a good growth. And that is something you've seen across because we are in the, the cutting edge technologies, putting people in the cloud, the spin in the cloud kind of accelerated dramatically uh, post-pandemic. I, but I hate to say the word, but people ask me how was the business. I always say we're COVID positive, right? I not things out of context. Basically, right. that it, it has a positive impact on us, right? Uh, in our business, right? Yeah. So we want new customers. Uh, the spend with the customer that we had spent went up. Fortunately, we did not have uh, customers, airlines or, or, or hospitality as customer because that industry did suffer a lot. And my heart definitely goes out uh, every time I hear about that. But uh, we are fortunate that we didn't have two of those customers. One we had left us pretty early. In the COVID cycle lost them in the first three months, like uh, retailers are now. But after that, the customer 31, The customer 31. Give you an example, uh, people say grocery chain online. Now we have another company, which is a large telecom company. Guess what? Including me, a lot of people kind of double down on internet at home, where it's paying less than 50 yeah. bucks or so now I'm paying 150 bucks because I want a higher bandwidth. So the revenue for those telecom companies gone up, right? I have two phones instead of one my my bandwidth has increased dramatically at home right so that's kind of gone up dramatically right so they were suddenly doing well so a lot of a lot of a lot of technology companies were impacted very positively and because of the work that it was remote it, it became easy for people to say you know what actually i don't need people to show up on site if people don't need to travel from mexico and canada to the us they can stay where they are they can work from there they can even work from home you have no issues double down so, so all, all over, I think uh, our business had a very positive turnaround. We still, like I said, despite the stagnation in the, f- the second quarter, I'll uh, say uh, March, uh, April to maybe June, July, we still managed to go 50% of that base. And that's one of the wow. reason uh, we got acquired because they saw we got good marquee customers and able to survive and not only survive, thrive post uh, COVID. So, we got a good exit recently.
1: It's a great news story. Like you were able not only to I would say reduce your environmental impact by reducing travel especially because of the amount of travel that was happening within your company but grow 50% year over year and be acquired in 2021. Like that is this is a very good news story and, and I want to reflect what you said. like this is not the norm. A lot of businesses have suffered tremendously during this time, but I'm really uh, I'm in awe of how all three of you were able to support your teams, keep your companies growing, and see positive impacts from what is and I hate the word unprecedented. like I'm completely done with the word unprecedented, but like what really was an unexpected period of time that none of us could have predicted. I have one last question for you, Ashley. I'd like to end with you. What advice would you give smaller, medium-sized business owners right now who are struggling?
0: Oh, that's such a loaded question. And I think it depends so much on kind of the business they're in. But I think at the end of the day, really what it means to be an entrepreneur, a business owner is to be tenacious. You know, And I think right now we've all been tested in ways we could have never imagined. And I think keep going whatever there's always a solution there's always a way and I think it's just being as resourceful as possible learning from your mistakes for me too it's like I think this year it all taught us about the key of diversification making sure all your eggs aren't in one basket so moving forward how can you make sure that you have that plan a plan b plan c um, in the event that things can and often do go wrong so I think it's been a lesson in our capacity, our abilities, like our, it's really quite remarkable how people have pivoted in this really challenging time. And that's inspirational for me. You know, it's a lesson to learn just to watch how, you know, I I support the small business owner here in LA and he was a PR events, like business owner, and instead went into making incredible smash burgers for his community. And then now he's like, he's like a flourishing, amazing entrepreneur. And it's, it's really cool to see how resilient people can be. So just it's every foot in front of the other, every little step matters. And even though it feels insurmountable, it's like taking off piece day by day um, and just continuing to see the opportunity um, I think is important.
1: I love what you said there about tenacity, because I see that in all of you. Like I just, I can feel the tenacity and the ways in which you were able to pivot your business but also the tenacity for your team and the sacrifices that you made and the way in which you were, you know, your leadership shone through during this time. I just wanted to to congratulate all of you on having such an incredible year despite what has been happening and for prioritizing your team and making sure that they were safe and happy and growing during this time. Thank you all so much for joining me. And thank you everyone for attending this panel to learn how small and medium-sized businesses are navigating the pandemic. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been a special production of our Inspiring Progressive Business mini-series. There will be more episodes focusing on a number of different topics, such as starting your green journey, being cyber resilient, and how having a purpose-led mindset could benefit your business. Please listen out for those.
0: Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.